0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Black and Cold, a true crime podcast. I am your host, Nichelle, and I am back today with another B&C Mini. So today I will be discussing the discovery of a woman who still has not been identified up until this day. It has been 12 years since her body was found, and she continues to remain as different case numbers in various systems. According to NamUs, each year an estimated 4,400 unidentified bodies are found, and out of that, about 1,000 of them remain a John or Jane Doe after a year from their discovery. With the help of advanced technology, many families who have been in the dark about their loved ones have been brought justice, and many people have been claimed, but there is still that portion that have not. On today's bonus episode, I will be telling you guys about California's Irvine Jane Doe. Irvine Jane Doe was found the morning of September 5th, 2009 in the parking lot at Pasternak Enterprises, which is near the 1800 block of Kettering Street in Irvine, California. The location was a fairly industrial area and home to many businesses. A man who worked nearby discovered the body of the young woman face down at around 8.30 a.m. Within minutes, the Irvine Police Department arrived to the scene and they noticed the victim's face was bruised and bloody. She was also set on fire, leaving portions of her body badly burned. The victim had no type of identification on her. The estimated time of death for Jane Doe was said to be no more than 24 hours prior to her discovery. The Orange County Fire Authority investigator determined that based on the damage to her body and clothing, she more than likely had been set on fire in that parking lot in the same fetal position she was found in. He also believed that less than a gallon of gasoline was used to do this, and it eventually burned itself out. The only thing reported to be found near Jane Doe was a blue lighter, according to the OCR. She's described as a Black female who was estimated to be between the ages of 13 to 26. The victim was said to be approximately 6 feet tall and weighing 150 pounds, having a slimmer build. She had short brown curly hair, which was about three inches in length, brown eyes, and one piercing in each of her ears. She was wearing a black cami, a black skirt, multicolored animal print undershorts, and a possible bra, which looked to be burned. The victim also had on very distinct shoes, which law enforcement are still hoping will help discover her identity to this day. Her shoes appeared to be new or barely worn, They were very strappy, black, open-toe high heels with metal zippers across the front. They were a size 10, and their brand name was Glaze. Jane Doe's cause of death was eventually ruled as strangulation, and because of the victim's bruising, authorities believed she was beaten before her perpetrator strangled her and attempted to set her on fire to get rid of any evidence. As the investigation began to not only identify this young female, but also find the person or people responsible for her killing, the IPD began looking at numerous surveillance videos from nearby businesses just to see if they can gather any clues. They staked out in different parking lots around the area, watching different cars as they passed by, and kept tabs on people who stayed in local hotels and motels. With no luck there, after some days, authorities then began to check hospitals, or anyone who may have checked in with burns on their hands. They also began to check gas stations to see if anyone had maybe purchased some gas to go in a can or in a bucket. But ultimately this led investigators to a dead end. They continued to try and identify their Jane Doe by spreading news about their discovery to other police departments. They printed out flyers about her and gave them out to social service agencies, mental health offices, and even child protective units, hoping someone would eventually come back with an identification. Through her DNA and fingerprints, the Orange County technicians learned that Jane Doe had probably never been arrested, as her samples did not match anything in state or federal databases. Her dental x-rays did not come back as a match to anything in the Department of Justice database either and investigators found no evidence of it being traced back to a specific dentist. So it appeared she also never had any dental work done at all. So going back to the victim's wardrobe with her unique shoes, detectives looked up shoe manufacturers and also attempted to locate retailers in stores that may have sold those specific shoes in a size 10 to a 6-foot woman. But again, they had no luck there. Though Jane Doe had burns to over 90% of her body, luckily for the police, the victim's face was not burned beyond recognition, and this allowed a forensic artist to create a sketch of her. The photo was shared with the public, and although many leads came from it, nothing was promising. Authorities also spread the word to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, who created an enhanced artist rendering of the woman's face, but again, this still led to nothing. At the time of her discovery, the police took DNA from under Jane Doe's fingernail, and this came back as a Y chromosome, meaning it was from a male. And in November of 2010, a little over a year after she was discovered deceased, the DNA popped up as a match to a Santa Ana man named Zenaido Boldiva Guzman, Now, he was recently convicted on a domestic violence charge, and very quickly after he was arrested, he confessed to taking part in Jane Doe's death. But Zenaido wasn't alone. His older brother Gambino, Baldiva Guzman, also came forward with a confession. The brothers told investigators that they were drinking together the night before on September 4th, 2009 which they then decided to go out and find a woman they could have sex with. The two men took their work van together that evening and met up with someone who they described matching the victim's description. According to the OCR, Gambino told authorities that him and the woman negotiated a price for sex and she entered the passenger seat of their work van willingly. But when she got in the vehicle, that's when she realized there wasn't just one man in it she quickly realized the other person, who was Zenaido, was in the backseat. The woman was startled from this, and that's when she began to yell. And as she tried to get away, she was then pulled to the back of the van and struck by the brothers in order to get her to stop screaming. The prosecution believes that when she began to fight back with all of her power, it not only took the men by surprise, but this is when she was strangled long and hard enough to break a bone in her neck, which ultimately caused her death. They also have narrowed the age gap down and strongly believe the victim was in their 20s and may have been a potential sex worker. After they realized she was dead, the brothers claimed they were unsure of what to do, which is when they dumped her body in that parking lot, which they thought would be empty and have very little activity going on there at that time of night. Older brother Gambino confessed to taking gasoline they used for a generator to set the woman's body on fire. The brothers told the police they did not know the woman's name, but they admitted to tossing her cell phone in the street so the process to ID her could be harder. They were both arrested and charged with first-degree murder. Although both men confessed, they pled not guilty in March of 2011 as they claimed they did not have intentions on murdering her. Hoping to receive lesser charges, Zenaido, the younger brother, who was claimed to be the one that took Jane Doe's life, wrote a note to the family of the unknown victim. Per the Orange County Register, a portion of the note read, quote, I know I took someone so loved. I do not know how to live with my conscience because I also have a family, end quote. The Baldiva Guzman brothers are being trialed separately and if convicted, they could receive life without parole. Zenido's case was declared a mistrial in May of 2016. His brother's trial was scheduled to follow sometime after, but that is the last update I unfortunately found obtaining to their cases. The status of their trials or convictions, if any, remain unknown. Based off the information known, and in my opinion, it doesn't appear this woman was a local to the area. You would think with her height, she may have stood out or someone would have noticed her. But sadly, that didn't happen here. I also wonder about her cell phone that the brothers say they tossed away. It doesn't appear that law enforcement have been able to recover it, but I'm thinking that could maybe lead them to finding out her identity. Jane Doe was eventually cremated. Her death certificate doesn't say when this happened, and no one took part in her service. Law enforcement is still looking for assistance to identify Irvine Jane Doe. As I said, she is one of the many unidentified victims who remain in the system and who deserve to have a name. They are hoping with the police sketch, the enhanced composite created by the NCMEC, and the photo of her distinct shoes that she can eventually be identified and be claimed by a loved one who has been searching for her. I will also leave all of those photos on our Instagram. Anyone with any information is encouraged to contact the Orange County Sheriff's Department Coroner Division at 714-647-7400.